I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter 3, please. John 3. We're going to go back to where we started last week. John 3. Everybody there? Yes, sir. Okay, John 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. Verses 1 through 8. You have it, say amen. amen. Okay, let's read together. Ready, read. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Today we're talking about the subject, born of the Spirit. This is part two, born of the Spirit. Thank you, Father's Day, for your word we're about to receive. I pray, Father, that as your anointing is on me even now, I pray that your anointing is also upon your people, as we know it's on your word, and I pray that, Father, as we hear and receive the word of God, that it will change us from the inside out, that you will do in us what you intended to do in us today, Father. Let your word have free course and be glorified among your people. And I pray that your people today, as they receive the word, they receive the word with meekness because it's able to save our souls. Let your people receive the word, Lord, not as the word of men, not as my word, but as it is in truth, your word which works effectively in those who believe. We believe it today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, you may be seated. Hallelujah. We're talking about being born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. I was talking about last week how we can, and we are called, rather, really, to operate and to dominate at a level of authority and dominion beyond natural human limitations. Right? So God has called us not to live and die like mere men, but to operate at a level far beyond this natural level that most people operate on. All right? And, but I told you that to do that, we must unhook from the natural. That's why we're fasting this year every month. Every month. We're fasting this year. At least one day every month, and then every three months we're doing three days together, right? This is not just an exercise in futility. This is us desiring to grow in God, to become spiritual, more spiritual than we've ever been, which means to be keen, to be in tune with the Spirit of God, because we must be. We must be. We've got to be able to discern these things that are happening out here in this earth. We've got to be able to judge these things happening in this earth, but we've got to do that and operate at a level uh, above this surface, We've got to go from superficial to supernatural. From superficial, just things uh, 
they appear one way. That's superficial. It's a supernatural that, that things, we operate at a level beyond natural sight. But we got to unhook from this world to do so. Now, I remember I was telling you last week about how um, it's kind of like those hot air balloons you have out there. And those hot air balloons, uh, they heat the air up inside the balloon. And that balloon, will it, it inflates, of course, first of all. And then uh, if they cut the, the line, if they untether it, it'll float away. So it just so happened this week, uh, my son and I, he had a baseball tournament, as it seemed like every week uh, right now during the summer. And so we were traveling. We were in Auburndale uh, here a couple days ago. On, I think that was Thursday. We were in Auburndale. And we spent the night over at uh, my brother and sister's house uh, Thursday night. Thank you all so much. They got a beautiful new home they just built over there in uh, Lakeland. And that helped us because we got up early the next morning uh, and drove from Lakeland we had to go to Davenport, the next location of this tournament. They have in different locations. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so while we're on the way from Lakeland to Davenport, I look in the sky, and there's a hot air balloon. It's about 6.30 in the morning. And remember, I told you they, they fly mostly in the mornings. And I look up. There's a hot air balloon. And I, of course, wake up, Jonathan. Wake up. <laughs> Hot air balloon. And when he wakes up, he looks and sees there's a second one. And as we keep going, oh, there's a third one. And then, I didn't know this, but he said when we got to the baseball field over there in Davenport, he says the sky was covered with them. And I thought, that's exactly what I'm preaching about. Those people, because they got up high, they cut the line, they severed the tie, they loose from this natural, they got to see the earth from a different vantage point, a different perspective. They got to enjoy something that most of us will never get to enjoy. Because I asked my son, would you get in? No, no, Would you get in? No. <laughs> not doing that. I'm not skydiving. I'm not hang gliding. I'm not parasailing. I'm not, I'm not, no, no I'm not doing that. It's none of that stuff. I, I, like, I like the ground. Amen. But it was beautiful to see that, that those people, they experienced something that most of us don't get to experience. Now, when it comes to the spiritual, though, I'm more than willing to cut the ties. Because I don't want to be stuck on this ground, on this earth level, this human level of seeing things and operating from a natural standpoint. I must get up higher. That, that's, what, that's what God told John. And when he was on the Isle of Patmos, come up higher, come up hither so I can show you some things. And there's some things you can't see until you come up higher. Tell your neighbor, there's some things you can't see until you come up higher. And so God needs to go up higher. Now, what am I doing? I want to remind you of the scripture I gave you last week, Galatians 4.19. What am I doing here? I'm, I'm doing what Paul did for the church of Galatia. He says, I'm laboring in birth pains again. I'm laboring in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So I'm laboring to get Christ formed in you. You know Jesus. And he's in you, but I'm laboring to get Christ formed in you. Well, isn't Jesus Christ? Well, yes, he is. But I'm laboring to get Christ, which means the anointed one and his anointing formed in you. I'm laboring till I get the power of Christ formed in you. I'm laboring till I can get you. Let me, let me, in fact, let me give you this word. That, that word form 
is, comes from the Greek word morpho, morpho, uh, G3445. Listen to what that means when, because it's only found one time, this particular word is only found one time in the scriptures. It literally means this, until a mind and life in complete harmony with the mind and life of Christ shall have been formed in you. I better read it again. He says, this is what he's laboring for. This is what I'm laboring for. Because I could preach some Independence Day message all we free. But we got that. But right now we're in labor. I guarantee if there's a woman who went into labor last night or today to have a baby, she's not going to stop to go to a cookout. <laughs> get this baby out of me. I'm trying to get this thing done. So he's laboring in birth again. So this is what I'm doing. I'm laboring. The reason I'm doing this is until a mind and life in complete harmony with the mind and life of Christ shall have been formed with you. Wonderful that you're saved. Wonderful that you're going to heaven. Wonderful that you know 17 scriptures. Wonderful that you know 66 books of the Bible. Wonderful. But if Christ isn't forming you, you're going to heaven but still living like a natural man. And still susceptible and vulnerable to everything that the, that the enemy brings on your life. And you'll not experience the kind of victory that comes out of Christ being formed in you. So that's why I'm laboring. That's why I'm taking my time to quit it. That's why I'm not talking so fast and speeding through this because we must, we must, uh, we must uh, go through an intense labor time. Labor ain't pretty. I think women would love it if labor was just pretty. It was just... <laughs> Water break, pop them out, go back to work. Water break, pop them out, go back to work. I mean, that would be great, but it doesn't happen that way. There's some labor. And so we've got to labor again until Christ be formed in you. I want you to live life and think on the same level as Jesus Christ. I got one or two that's right, but nobody else said anything. I want you to think and live on the same level as Jesus. Now, most Christians think that that's not even possible. Most Christians would think it's blasphemous for you to say that you're going to think and live on the same level as Jesus. And yet, that's exactly what Jesus came to do for us. That's exactly what the Holy Ghost was given us, given to us for, so we could begin to think on the same level. Remember we read 1 Corinthians 2, I believe it's verse 16 or so. Uh, but we have the mind of Christ put on the scripture. Hopefully, hopefully we're right. First Corinthians 2, 16. Yeah. For we have the mind of Christ. Oh, y'all ain't saying that. But we have the mind of Christ. So if I have the mind of Christ, then obviously God expects me to think on his level. To behave on his level. To live on his level. To see things from his level. To see things the way he sees them. To react to things the way he reacts to them. To respond to things the way he responds to them. On his level. Tell your neighbor, you can do that. I don't know if y'all get this. Just hit him, hit him. Say, you can do that. 
that probably hurt, man. That, felt, that hurt my hand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. You, you probably, it's going to leave a mark, too, because you white. It's going to leave a mark. I apologize. But you can do that. He expects us to do that. But we must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we now have the mind of Christ and not these natural minds that we were born with and trained to operate with. Y'all got this here. So I understand that what I may say, what the Holy Spirit will say through me will probably stretch you. It feels controversial already. It feels antagonistic to your flesh. Because it is antagonistic to your flesh. Your flesh will not get this. Even your soul. I don't care how well educated you are. You may have your bachelor's, your master's, your doctorate, two or three doctorates. Your soul will not get what I'm saying. The Bible says deep calls to deep. So God is speaking to your spirit. He is a spirit after all. And if you understand what we're, we're reading, John 3, 6 says, if you're born a spirit, you are a spirit too. So we're spirit. So I'm talking to your spirit today. You got it? All right, now, go to, get, give me, Galat uh, sorry, Gen Genesis, Genesis, let me get together. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And I know you know this by heart. All y'all can quote this without me even saying anything. But I want you to get the, get the fundamentals out of this here. You know it. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Everybody say identity. Then he says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the creeping, over all the earth and over everything that creeps on the earth. Everybody say purpose. Okay. Easy way to remember this is iPad. You first, he first gives identity or image. Then he gives purpose. Right? Then in Genesis 2, he says, uh, I want you to dress and keep this garden. That's an assignment. God always gives you things in that order. He gives you identity or your image. He gives you your purpose. Then he goes down and gives you your assignment. All that is pointing towards your destiny. That's what God said. That's, that's, but I'll preach that another day. I don't have time to preach that to you. But that's the easy way to remember iPad. For all you Apple people. I'll do that. I'll, I'll give away an iPad when I preach that. I'll do it. I'll, do it. I'll give away an iPad. Huh? You going to be right on the front row? Okay. You going to answer some questions, though. Yeah. I'll do it. I have no problem with that. So he gets his image, and notice that he gives him dominion. So I told you last week that your dominion and authority are tied to your identity. That if you don't know who you are, you cannot operate in the domain and authority that you, that you have. Could you imagine a, a guy who's a, or a lady who's a sheriff, but they don't, they don't identify as a sheriff? Oh, okay, here's a better example because people go to become sheriffs. Could you imagine uh, Prince George, which is um, uh, William and Kate's little son, if he never identifies as royalty? 
when he does that, he loses his dominion, his authority. That's what happened to Harry. Prince Harry? Prince Harry, he, he, he disconnected from his identity as royalty. So now when the, he went back for the 75th uh, anniversary or whatever, the Jubilee for the Queen, and tried to push up on in there like, hey, I'm here. They's like, you, you, know, you over there. Oh, no, I, I'm sitting over here. No, 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 no. You lost that domain. You lost that authority. You got to sit over there because you, you severed your identity with royalty. I don't think that's right. That was your choice, bud. You gave up. You renounced your identity. So you don't get the authority anymore. Anybody that's what I'm saying to you. So if you don't understand your identity, you can't operate in your domain and your authority. Okay? Now, we know what happened. Adam fell. And when Adam fell, he fell down from being this God-man to being a man-man. Right? He's a man-man. Everybody knows a man-man. If you grew up in the hood, you know a man-man. There's always a man-man in the hood. He's the one that always stole the little bicycles. He's always the one came and turned your water holes on and walked away. Everybody had a little man-man in their neighborhood. That's only in the hood. If you grew up in the suburbs, y'all have a man-man. <laughs> so, so, he became a man, and what happened was he fell down from, discern, from discerning to learning, right? Where he just knew things because he was a God-man, so now he had to learn things. He fell down from revelation to now information level. Well, he just, things were just revealed to him. He just, boom. You know, remember God said, hey, bring all the animals before him. What are you going to call them? Boom. He just knew. Without any kind of school, without any kind of education, he just, he knew. Boom. He knew. But now he has to go learn everything. Now he has to know, go and get educated now on everything. So that, that's what mankind has stood on for centuries is learning and education. And God says, okay, that's okay, but you need to come up to my level, which is discerning and revelation. When you read Proverbs, it mentions three things, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Those are, that's all divine. It's divine wisdom, not going to Harvard. It's divine wisdom. It's divine understanding. It's divine knowledge. It's what comes from God. The only way you're going to come up is, is to get what comes from God. Now, you can get what comes from school and from people, and you can, you can, you can increase, but to go over. I don't think y'all get this. I'm going to tell you something. The people even in the world who we see who rise to the top of their industries, and they go way over the top, they've gotten some wisdom. Not from God. They've gone beyond what they got in school. Wharton School of Business. They didn't just know. This is, this is some demonic. They went into a closet. They went into a camp. They went into a, the woods somewhere and had a meeting. Y'all think it's a joke. I'm, I'm serious. They go have these meetings off-site. And the devil knows how to give people a demonic wisdom that rise. I mean, there, there are people who, when, when somebody, somebody comes up with a, a number one hit song, Like this lick, this, this, this beat that just, just, just captured a whole planet. It didn't come from God. The devil said, hey, this is what you do. Oh, my God, that's nice. 
Where's that coming from? That's not just beat making skills. There's a wisdom that comes from the enemy. But God's wisdom is better than the enemy's wisdom. All right. Let me get cranking here. Okay, so Adam lost everything, but then Jesus Christ came to restore everything, right? Y'all remember that? So now we, are, we, we can unhook from the natural and get back to the supernatural life God planned for us. Okay, in Mark 1, verse uh, 14 and 15, Jesus came preaching something. He came and he said, it says now that John was put in prison, John, his cousin, right, was put in prison. Jesus came to Galilee preaching the what? The gospel of the kingdom of God. He came preaching what? The gospel of what? So he did not come, when he says preach the gospel, he didn't come preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the ascension is part of the kingdom process, but he preached way more than that. It got so quiet right there. I said he came preaching way more than that. Because people get to the point where they believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Great. But there's more than that. Because if you don't know what all that did for you, if you don't know what all that provided for you, if you don't know Romans 8.32 that since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for you, and he will also not uh, freely give you all things, if you don't know that he, everything else came with that, then all you are is saved. And all you're doing is going to heaven. But you're going to cry and weep and well along the way. Being defeated by the enemy saying, yeah, but one day I'm going to heaven. And if you don't know how to get victory in your life, how in the world are you going to minister victory in other people's lives? Because God has, just, has not just reconciled us. He's also called us, come on, to the ministry of reconciliation. You see that? So we're not just called to walk in victory for ourselves. We're called to minister victory to everybody else. And if all you know is I'm going to heaven, well, praise God, good for you. But there's more to it. Tell your neighbor there's more to it. All right? So Jesus said, he says he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now listen to this word kingdom. This word kingdom in the Greek, basileia. Basileia. Listen to what it means. Royal power. Can y'all say that? Kingship. Dominion, rule. Now, this it says this is what he came preaching. Now, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. Y'all, boy, you better get this. He didn't come preaching about heaven. Now, he talks about the kingdom of heaven. Don't get me wrong. He talks about seeking the kingdom of heaven. But he wasn't preaching about a place. He was preaching about a rulership, a dominion, a, an authority. Thank you, Jesus. I'm fine. I'll find somebody who will get some of Listen to what it says. Rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. He's preaching that. The right, if he's preaching it to you, he wouldn't preach it to you about him. He's preaching it to you about you. The right or authority to rule over a kingdom. 
Boy, this is, this is, this is helping me already. Listen to what it says. Let's, let's keep going. Of the royal power of Jesus as the triumphant Messiah. You see that? Now, most people understand that. The royal power of Jesus as the triumphant Messiah. People, people get that. Baptist folk get that. But do you get this next part? Of the royal power and dignity conferred on Christians in the Messiah's kingdom. You got to get it. So we're talking about not just his authority, not just his rulership, not just his dominion, but what he has conferred upon you and me as citizens in his kingdom, as rulers in his kingdom. Because listen, 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 listen. We're not, we're, this isn't about some rulership we're going to have one day in, in the sweet bomb Bible going to rule. No, put up, give me uh, Colossians chapter 1 and uh, verse Give me Colossians 1 and verse 12, I think it is. 12 and 13. This is one of those two verses. Colossians 1 and verse, let's try verse 12 first. Glory to God. Uh, verse 13. 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, has delivered, that's all past tense, and conveyed, that's past tense, us into the kingdom can y'all read it? Yes, sir. Of the son of his love. So this isn't one day. It's two days. He's not talking about a future thing. He's talking about right now, you and I. In, put, up, put up Luke 17, verse 21. Put up Luke 17, 21. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm laboring. Boy, y'all going to make me push a little harder. Jesus says, go, go back to verse 20. Let's start at verse 20. Let's start at verse 20. We'll get to 21. Verse 20. You got to get this. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, they're asking, when is the kingdom you're talking about? Remember, he's preaching the kingdom. So they asked him, when is the kingdom of God going to come? He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Not looking out there for it. Verse 21, verse 21. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, over right now, the kingdom of God, come on, is within you. Tell your neighbor, the kingdom is within you right now. You're not one day going to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is on the inside of you right now. The kingdom, you're in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you. Explain me that. How am I? Well, same way. Is that the same way I'm in Christ and Christ is in me? So I'm in the kingdom and the kingdom is in me. What, what, what? What's in me? What's in me? The royal power and dignity conferred on Christians. Conferred means something has been placed to you. It's been released to you. You are an authorized citizen, an authorized ruler in the kingdom of God. You are not some average, normal, human, mere human being. You're not some regular person walking on this planet. You are a kingdom citizen. You are a ruler. You are one. You're a dominionaire in this earth. You may not be a millionaire yet or a billionaire yet, but you're already a dominionaire. And if you use your dominion, God will make you a millionaire. He'll make you a billionaire. He'll make you heal. He'll make you whole. He'll make you everything you ought to be if you walk in your dominion that you have right now because you're already in the kingdom. And the kingdom is already in you. 
wish y'all would get this here. If you understand the kingdom is in you, it changes everything about you. You know, they have all these things in the world trying to get help, help people to get some little self-respect, trying to get a little self-dignity. Now, understand, but there's no dignity like the kingdom dignity. When you understand you're in the kingdom, and here's the problem with most folk. Here's the problem with most folk. I, I'm not going to hit you again. I know. He's traumatized. I'm talking to Ladra. The problem is, Ladra, most folk only think and know they're in the church. They don't know they're in the kingdom. There's a difference. Because when you're in the church, you, you, you set your bar at, I went to church a certain number of times. Or I serve on the Ursha board. I do my church stuff. And don't and see the problem is when you're just a church member, when you walk out, when you walk out them doors, you leave all the church stuff here. But when you're in the kingdom, and the kingdom is in you, when you're in Publix, you're in the kingdom. When you're in Walmart, you're in the kingdom. When you drive through the highfalutin neighborhood, you're still in the kingdom. And if you're in the kingdom, there's no neighborhood that's too good for you. There's no restaurant that intimidates you. There's no store in the International Mall or the Mall of Millennials that will intimidate you. Some folk are scared to walk in certain stores because they got a security guard. Oh, they got a security guard in a suit. I can't walk in there. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? You worry about that, that old uncircumcised Philistine and here you are? A child of God in the kingdom of God? But if you only have a church member mentality, you can't see it. That's why Jesus said, go back to Mark 1, 14, 15. Jesus, help me. Mark 1, 14, 15. And he says, he, he, he said he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So in verse 15, he goes on and says this. So repent and believe in the gospel. What gospel? The gospel of the kingdom of God. What does he mean by repent? Well, we know repent in its simple meaning. Uh, we mean, so, you know, people turn from their sins or whatever. But here's the thing about turning from your sins. What repent really means is to change your thinking. In, 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 in Spanish, I'm a master at Spanish. No. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, but in Spanish... The word for think is pensar. Am I right about it? Am I right about it? I got a few more Spanish people, speaking people, okay, all, all over the room today. Praise the Lord. So that the root is, is pensar or pent, to think. So he says repent or rethink or change your thinking because you can apologize for sin, but if you don't change your thinking about sin... 
you'll do it again. I said you'll do it again. Ask me how I know. Because there are things that I asked God to forgive me for, but I didn't change my thinking about it yet, so I went back to it. It was a sin that so easily beset me. When I was up praying this morning, I was just thanking God for this freedom day that we're celebrating. And I was saying, God, I thank you because I remember when there were these sins that so easily beset me. And I was saying, God, I thank you that today I'm free. I can say truthfully that I am free from those sins that so easily beset me. What happened? I renewed my mind. I changed my thinking. I'm going to preach this one day around this church sometime. And because and the problem is, this is a side note, that until you understand or experience the beauty of holiness, you will never understand the ugliness of sin. And that's what helped me on the baker was I began to experience the beauty of God's holiness. The beauty of me walking in holiness. And the more I did that, the more ugly sin became to me. Something happened. So when Jesus says repent and believe the gospel, he's saying change your thinking and believe the gospel. He's talking to Jewish people who they are religious. They're already religious. They're already keeping the commandments as best as they can. But he says, <laughs> good guys, but the kingdom is here. And with the kingdom, you got to change your whole mindset. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Mark 10, Jesus deals with a man, uh, we call him a rich young ruler, who came to Jesus Christ. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do to have what you have? And Jesus said, well, you know, keep the commandments. He's talking to a Jewish man. The commandments, and he says, "Oh, I've done this. I've done all these, things, all these things from my youth." And the Bible says Jesus loved him and said, "Okay, take what you have, sell, and give to the poor, and then take it across." He says, "Follow me." So what he, Jesus wasn't telling the man, "I want you to be poor." What he's saying, "I'm getting you to switch systems. I want you to change your thinking that you don't think based on your financial resources that you have already. I want you to think how you can withdraw from the kingdom of heaven anytime." I want you to switch. Oh, my God. I, I, I probably got this in my notes somewhere, but I, I, I got to bring it out now. Guys, my wife and I were talking yesterday, sitting at a baseball game, and I was saying, you know, I, what, I really wish I could help people because what people need to do is just, it's just a, a switch. You just got to flip the switch. The key to walking with God, it's, let's flip the switch. Just the key to walking in prosperity, let's, let's flip the switch. It's just one little decision you got to make that just changes your whole life. And most people just struggle to make that one little decision. You're one decision away from falling headlong into good God prosperity and blessing and favor and success. It's just one little thing. Jesus says, repent and believe in the gospel. Oh, boy. I better get back on this note. I, I got to get to John 3 today. So listen to this. He says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom. That's the royal power and dignity conferred on Christians in the Messiah's kingdom, which means, listen to this, God has granted us the same royal power 
and dignity as Jesus Christ. Did you get that? God has granted us the same royal power and dignity as Jesus Christ. I have the same power. 1 John 4, 17, as he is. Right? Romans 8, 17, we are heirs of God and, and what? Joint heirs. Put on the screen to make sure people see it. We are heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. Joint means we on the, we're on the same plane. My wife and I have joint checking accounts and savings accounts and all that kind of good stuff. That means that, Brother Warren, if I went out there and I, you know, found a billion dollars, if I stuck it in that account, it's not mine anymore. It's ours. Because it's a joint account. Now, if you want it to be just yours, don't stick it in a joint account. Because the moment it goes in a joint account, that person can go spend it, and you cannot press charges. Our, our kids, we started checking accounts and everything for them at the banks, and uh, when they turned 18, uh, the bank sent us a letter. Hey, we just congratulations on your child turning 18. You've done a good job and so forth. And we just want to make sure you know, you remember that. Your name is on that account with your child too. So whatever the, things they do, you know, um, if they mess it up, you're responsible. And at first I wasn't, you know, I'm like, well, I don't care. You know, I trust my kids. They, you know, they're great. They're good, good kids. Then I heard a story from somebody about, oh, oh no. Uh-uh. Let's get that letter. Go sign it. Go down the bank right now. No. Take our names off y'all accounts. Because I can't be on a joint account with people. And uh, I can't, I'm not in charge of what you do. You understand joint? So joint heirs with Christ means that I have everything he has. Woo! I have everything he has. I wish somebody in that section over there get this. I have everything he has. Same power. Same power. No, no, no. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. Same power. The same dignity. Let me, let me, let me show you something. Um, put up Romans 8, 29 and 30 in the Amplified. Romans 8, 29, and 30, Amplified Classic. I want, I want you to see this here. Is anybody learning anything today? Yeah. Romans 8, 29, and 30, in Amplified Classic. Listen, listen to what it says. Matter of fact, I'd like y'all to read it with me. Can we read together? Yes, sir. Wonderful. Let's all read. Ready? Go. For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined... You and I will look just like Jesus from the very beginning. So he can become the firstborn among many brethren. We're all brothers and sisters of Christ. You got it? Okay, inwardly. He did something inwardly. Verse 29. 
or verse, verse 30 rather. Ready? Read. And those whom he thus called, that's past tense, keep going. Past tense. Keep going. catch that? This is all his plan from the beginning. What he's done. He's raised us. Remember I said we share the same royalty, the same power, the same dignity as Jesus. So he's already raised us to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. So I'm already on that level. Y'all got this here? Okay, now, let's look at John 3. Let's look at John 3. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach a pastor barbecue. But I'm in labor right now. Need somebody to help me out. Y'all help me in this labor here. Encourage me in this labor here. I remember my wife and I, we went to those classes. We went to, what's the, what's the class called? Uh, Lamar's class and everything, sat there, all the people, all that. We went through all that. We just went through everything. We had everything prepared. Then she didn't go through that stuff, man. All class, I was ready. I was ready. Push them out, shove them out, way out. Push them out, shove them out. I was ready, man. Then they're then they going to schedule a cesarean. All right, now, so that kingdom word we saw, you know, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. It's the same kingdom word we're going to see here in John 3. Vasilea, okay? And we're going to learn here just some spiritual truths. We'll get through as much as I can here in the next few minutes here. That you can't access this kingdom until you're born again. You understand that? You can't access this kingdom until you're born again. I was, I was sharing with my brother. Uh, I was uh, a few years back. This would be the last time I had Jehovah's Witnesses visit my house. And I'm not, I'm not picking on them. I'm just, this is just a, a story. And um, the la- this is the last time. They just stopped coming. They, they crossed me off their list. I got banned from visits. The last time they came, and I wasn't being rude, they came, and some young ladies came to the door, and ding dong, hey, we were just, you know, sharing with you, are you interested in knowing about what's happening in the world and everything, you concerned about what's going on? I said, no, I'm not really concerned about what's going on. Um, you know, you're not, you're not worried about, you know, what's going to happen? No, I'm not worried. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm saved, you know, I'm walking with Jesus, I'm good. And they said, well, we, we want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. I said, oh, yeah, I know about the kingdom of God. I said, yeah, okay. And, uh, and they, they said, well, you know. Jesus, Jesus came to set up the kingdom. I said, yeah, I know. I said, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in the kingdom. I said, oh, you, are you all in the kingdom? And they said, oh, yeah, we're in the kingdom. I said, oh, are you all born again? And I said that intentionally. I knew. I'm, I'm, I know that they don't believe in being born. I said, I said oh, y'all, y'all are born again? I said, no, ain't no, 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 it's no, no born again. I said, I said yeah, you, 
you're born again, right? No, no, sir, we're not born again. There's no, no, nothing about being born again. I said, well, how'd y'all get in the kingdom? So how, how, did, how did y'all get in the kingdom? Oh, no, 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 we're, we, we serve the Lord. You know, we serve God and everything, or serve Jehovah, whatever they said. I said, but when, when did you get born again? They said, well, no, there's, born, there's no such thing about being born again. I said, well, y'all believe in Jesus? Oh, yes, of course we believe in Jesus, right? I said, well, Jesus said, you must be born again to see the kingdom. No, no, that's not true. I said, let me hold your Bible. No, that's not right. I said, hey, let's use your Bible and let's see if I'm right. Oh, they got so huffy and puffy, boy, they stone up. Sir, that's, you're wrong. All I'm asking you is, are you born again? Your Bible says, and they crossed me off their list. They, yeah, they called somebody. That's right. They called a man, a supervisor on us or something. I'm like, bring him over here. I'm going to just ask him the same thing. Bro, are you born again? Because I don't care if you call a building a kingdom hall. You can't be in the kingdom until you're born again. Now, I can help you do that. <laughs> Let me help you. So, we got to be born of the Spirit, okay? All right, now look at John 3, 1. Let's, let's get to a couple of verses on here real quick. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Now, Pharisees meaning that's the, he's a ruler, a ruler of the Jews, which means this is part of the uh, Sanhedrin council, their religious bunch who uh, govern all the Jewish affairs. You got it? This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Why? I want you to see this spiritual truth that even a religious man knows about. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, what? Come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, is he, is he telling the truth to us? Yes, this is the truth. This is the spiritual truth that you got to make sure you know. That if you come from God and God is with you, you can do these signs. All right, now we know he's talking about Jesus Christ, but I want you to see you because, remember, you and I are going to have the same life and, and, and thinking of Jesus Christ. We're going to be harmonious with Jesus, right? So the truth about Jesus Christ is the truth about us, that no one can do these signs unless we're come from God and God is with us. Remember in the book of Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 when it says uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power? who went about doing good and healing all those who oppressed the devil. Why? For God was, so if God was with him and God anoints us, we can go about doing the same good and healing people who are oppressed with the devil. Y'all got this here? Y'all catch what I'm saying to you here? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all don't, don't let me leave you by myself. All right. So, so Jesus is anointed. You are anointed. He has God with him. You have God with you. 
Watch this, watch this. He comes from God. Oh. <laughs> you come from God. Now, this is important. This is this important. I'm going to show you this here in a second. I'm going to show you this here in a second. Verse 3. When, when, when Nicodemus says this, Jesus responds to him the same way he responded to Peter in Mark 11. Remember Peter said, Jesus said the fig tree you curse is withered from the root. And Jesus, Jesus didn't even talk about the fig tree. He talked about the mountain. He said, hey, yeah, you have faith in God. Now he's answering Peter, but he doesn't talk about the fig tree. He says, have faith in God. He says, you speak to this mountain and believe in your heart that what you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. What things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them, Mark eleven twenty four, 24, right? Yes, sir. So Jesus, when, when, when Nicodemus makes his statement, he then uses this opportunity to teach something. This is important. You got your listening ears on today? Some of y'all shake yourself, wake yourself up, listen to this. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you. Now, he's answering what Nicodemus just said. He doesn't change the subject. Nicodemus' issue is nobody can do what you do unless he comes from God and God is with him. So Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. He's going to answer how to come from God and have God with you. I'm, I'm come on this side. Nicodemus' issue, he said, no one can do what you do unless he comes from God and God is with him. So when Jesus Christ answers him, he's going to answer him on how to come from God and how to have God with you. So you can do this too. I told you, same way he answered Peter in Mark 11. This is how you can do this too, Peter. Nicodemus, this is how this, this can happen to you too. You can change from being a religious, a religious Jew, a religious Pharisee, to being a kingdom man. Here's how it happens. Watch this. I, I might have cut this short for some of y'all. Y'all just, 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 just. We're going we gonna to push a little ways. Push a little ways. Lord have mercy. Woo! See, I'm excited because I know what, it, what I'm, what. <laughs> he said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I love the Holy Spirit because he's bringing stuff to me on the spot. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't even see that earlier. Holy Ghost is so good to me. He's good. Nicodemus said nobody can do these signs you do unless he's from God and God is with him. Jesus then talks to him about the kingdom of God. Holy Ghost just reminded me about when Jesus Christ sent his disciples out one time. He says, I want you to go out. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to heal the lepers. I want you to cast out devils. And he said, and when you do that, say to them, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Oh, Holy Ghost is so good. He says, when you go and do these signs, say the kingdom of God. He said, make sure you let people know when these miracles happen that it's the kingdom of God. 
I didn't do this on my own. It's the kingdom of God is on the inside of me, and I'm in the kingdom. So when you heal, when you cast out devils, when you lay hands on the sick, when you raise the dead, when you open blind eyes, when you unstop deaf ears, say, the kingdom of God has come near you. So when you minister, it's the kingdom. So Jesus comes and he responds to this this issue, this statement that Nicodemus makes about no one can do what you do unless God, he comes from God and God is with him by saying, most assuredly, I say to you, yes, I say to you. That's what most assuredly means. Yes, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So, Nicodemus, once you're born again, you can see something. Nicodemus, the reason why I can minister the signs I minister, do the miracles I, I do, is because I see something. Y'all, come on, come on, y'all gonna make me, hey, get me off this table, dog, I'm going home. Oh, y'all catch what I'm saying to you? Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. So because Jesus Christ could see the kingdom, when he met, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. When he met a man who was blind, he didn't see his blindness. He saw provision from heaven, provision in the kingdom, and spit on the ground, made some clay, put on his eyes, gave him new eyeballs. When he sees somebody who was maimed, he didn't say, oh, that's so bad for them. No, he saw a warehouse in the kingdom of arms and legs and organs and eyeballs. He saw the kingdom. He saw an invisible, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. So when he had to feed 5,000 men plus women and children, and they said, how are we going to do this with two fish and five loaves of bread? He wasn't worried because he saw the kingdom of God. And he said, Father, bless this. Now take this and hand it out. He's standing at the grave of Lazarus. And while they're wailing, while they're weeping, while they're crying, the Bible says in John 11, 35, Jesus wept. And preachers say, Jesus, what? He was just so sad. He wasn't sad. He already knew what he was coming to do. He wasn't sad. He told his disciples, it's good that, 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 that Lazarus died. He knew what he was going to do. He's crying because they don't have any belief. They have no faith. He said, I already told you I'm the resurrection of the life. So what, he, what does he do? What, 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 what does Martha see? They see a stone over a grave. He sees Lazarus coming forth. He said, roll the stone away. They said he's already stinking. He said, I told you, if you believe, you're going to see something. Ooh, thank you. You're going to see what I see. While they're crying, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Why? He saw Lazarus alive in the kingdom. Spirit eyes. 
You know when Jesus tells a story about the rich man of Lazarus? You know it wasn't a parable, right? He gave a name. Why, how can he talk about that? Nobody else could see Abraham. But he sees. Oh, God. It's, slow down, Holy Ghost. He, he can see in two dimensions. He can see in a different realm. And the reason you and I, if we're not careful, we will fret and get worried and get anxious because we're, we got our eyes in this natural dimension and we're not letting God open our spirit to see in the kingdom of God. Everything you need is in the kingdom. Everything you can desire is in the kingdom. So you don't worry. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Joe, Jesus said, take no thought for your life, or you shall eat, or you shall drink. How are you going to be clothed? He said, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. That's what they see, and that's what they seek. But you seek the kingdom I wish y'all could catch this. Over, over in the 12th chapter of Luke, we know the Matthew 6 version, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But in, in the Luke 12 version, it's, it doesn't say seek ye first. It just says seek. Not first, just seek the kingdom of God. Seek. What happens if you're seeking something? It means you look till you see it. Y'all missed that. That, that. that was so simple, but they missed it. It means you look till you see it. So when he says seek, he means look till you see it. Keep coming till you see it. Keep studying God's word till you see it. Keep praying till you see it. Keep fasting till you see it. Keep looking till you see it. Because once you see it, all these things, you'll never worry about anything the rest of your life. Why? Because you see a different dimension. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. You, you keep looking till you see it. Why are we fasting every month? Because we're trying to see it. Why are we praying every day? Because we're trying to see it. Why are we giving? Why are we in the world? Why are we coming to church? Why are we praise God? Because we're trying to see something we've never seen before. Mark 4.11. Put up Mark 4.11. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm way off track here, but watch this. And he said, no, go back, go back to verse 10. Let's, let's see if we can, we can get, get Peter's his, this question. But when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. Verse 11. Verse 11. And he said to them, and he said to you, he's saying to you, to you, it has been given to know to recognize, to become acquainted with, to understand the mystery, the deep secrets of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things are confusion to them. It's parables. It's stories. They don't, they don't get it. You know why they don't get it? Because they're not seeking it. 
They're not seeking it. They're not seeking it. They're not born again. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have eyes to see. But you have eyes. Our folk can come and sit in the same church service you sitting in, and they're looking like I don't understand. And you're going, oh my God, this is so good. Why? Because you have eyes. You've closed your eyes on this natural realm, and you've opened your eyes in the spirit. I see it. Oh, Jesus. I don't use up all my time. I don't use up all my time. But I, I, I got to show you this one place. Can I, can I show you one place? We'll, we'll pick it up next week. I, I, but I got, I got to show you this one place here. So, from God and with God, you have supernatural abilities, right? Verse 3, Jesus responded to Nicodemus, right? Now, I want you to do me a favor, please. Because he says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, in my Bible, above the word born, or between the word born and again, there's a, there's a little marker, a number, a letter. In my Bible, it, there's a three, and down in my reference down here, it changes it to from above. So unless one is born from above. Now remember what Nicodemus said, unless somebody is from God. Y'all not getting this yet. Unless one is from God. So Jesus replies and says, unless you are born Again, or from above. Now, let's look at the Amplified Classic because it'll, it'll spell this right out. Amplified Classic, verse 3. Ooh, son. Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that unless a person is born again, anew from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. So you have been born, when you got born again, you weren't just born again, you were born from above. So now you are not from your mama. You are not from your daddy. You are not straight out of Compton. You are not from Bethel Heights. Oh my God. You are not from Cromwell Heights. You are... You are not from Charles Park. You are not from Panama. You are not from Venezuela. You are not from Mexico. You are not from Italy. You are from heaven. I don't know if some of y'all got that. You are not from where you were born in this earth. You are now from above. And if you would now take your identity from above, from where you came from. Folk like to say I'm a red buttered American. Well, praise God, I was born in the USA, but I was born again from above. I might be proud to be an American, but I'm blessed to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. I've been born from above. Y'all said, I, 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 I gotta show you, I gotta, I gotta show you one, 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 just one little tidbit right here. Just one, one more little thing. So from above, 
from above. Now, I want you to see something here. Now, hold your finger at John 3, 3. Remember now, Eduardo, we're from above. You look good on that front seat, brother. Now, stay in chapter 3, but go to a conversation that John is having with these same pharisaical people, all the ones who come to question him. Go to verse 30. Verse 30. We'll start at verse 30. Go to verse 30. Y'all know this one very well. People get up here and preach, and they say these words. He must increase, but I must decrease. Now, understand in what you're talking about in terms of when you're preaching and teaching, you want people to see God. I want people to see all of you and none of me. I understand that. I'm not disputing that. But I want you to understand something that now, because John wasn't born again. Y'all missed it. John wasn't born again. He wasn't born of the Spirit. He wasn't born from above. So he's speaking in terms of taking second place to Jesus, which is right. He's right. He's a forerunner for Christ. He's right. But I don't want you now to carry that over into the rest of your life that you decrease while God is increasing, while Christ is increasing. No, now you increase with his increase. You have the same royal dignity, power, and condition, and dominion as Christ. So as he increases, you increase. Now, when you're preaching, you decrease. It means you step back. All right, Jesus, when you're working miracles, okay, God, this is you doing this work. I understand that. But I'm talking about in terms of your position, you don't decrease. Now, watch verse 31. Now, we just read in verse 3, we're from above. Y'all look at me. How many of y'all got that? Do we all agree we're from above? Now watch verse 31, and don't get religious on me. Verse 31, he who comes from above is above all. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all slow. He who comes from above. Now John is talking about Jesus, but Jesus is talking about you. When you get born again, you are now from above, the just like he is from above. And John says a spiritual truth. He who is from above is. So don't you walk on your job, in your school, in a restaurant, on a car lot, in a neighborhood, feeling like you're inferior, like you're less than anybody for any reason. If you are from above, your Bible says God says, the Spirit of God says to John, you are above all. I don't care about your gender. I don't care about your education. I don't care about the color of your skin. I don't care about your nationality. If you're born from above, now I know some of y'all are like, I don't know about that. I don't know. No, the Bible says, the Bible says that we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Yes, we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. You're right. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But also don't think of yourself more lowly than you ought to think. He just told you, you and I, we're above all. 
Well, you mean to say we better than folk out there? Yes. They may be better educated. They may have more money. They may have more clout. But Goliath was bigger than David. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Say like my friend, look at y'all getting quiet. Y'all, he, he didn't, Goliath was bigger than David. But David knew there was something on the inside of him. There was something he had that it didn't matter if he was 10 feet tall and I was a three foot runt. When I bring my name of the Lord against you, ain't nothing you can do with all your sword, with all your stave, with all your weapon. I'm going to knock you down today. Because when you're from above, you're above all. Now, it doesn't doesn't make you mistreat folk. It doesn't make you look down on folk, but it makes you stop looking down on yourself. this to a close here. I'll bring this to a close. He who comes from above is above all. Ask your neighbor, are you from above? Or are, or are you only human? Are you only human? Or are you a, just a regular earthling? Are you just a, a human? I'm a, well, I'm only human. I'm, I'm just a girl. I'm just a... No, 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 you're from above. Everybody's talking about empowerment. How much more empowerment can you get? I understand women's empowerment, black empowerment, I understand all that's wonderful, wonderful thing. But once you realize you are already above all, I have been empowered by the most high God. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ said, when you go to Jerusalem, wait there until you be endued with power from on high. Now watch. Here comes the test. Here comes the test. Here comes the test. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. Uh-oh. 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 He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. So your speech tells me where your mind is. It tells me what you identify with. Because if you understand you're above all and you're from above, you talk from above. But if you maintain your earthly connection, you talk from the earth standpoint. You talk earthly. Philippians 3.20, the King James Version says, our conversation is in heaven. Our conversation is in heaven. Now, we know that word conversation means your conduct. It means your lifestyle and everything like that. But it also includes your words. 
So you and I are supposed to talk like we're in heaven. Supposed to talk heavenly talk. Ain't no fear talking heaven. Well, you know these prices, man. This gas, boy. You think in heaven they worried about gas prices? You think in heaven they worry about milk prices and egg prices and cheese prices and bread? You think in heaven they've been thinking about that? You, you think about it in heaven they talking about what rent show is going up. Rent show is going up. In heaven they ain't thinking about no rent show is going up. In heaven they're talking about my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's heavenly talk. Tell you neighbor, that's heavenly talk. Stop talking earthly talk. Stop talking like you're a human being. Stop talking like you're a natural person. Like you're an earthling. Start talking like you're a citizen from heaven. Woo-wee. All right, let me go one last place here. Colossians 3. This is my last place. Colossians 3. I mean, it's my last place for the day. I, I got still a half page of notes right here. All the time. I never disconnect from Jesus. I'm sitting at a baseball game and just talking to Jesus. Yes, good job. Hey, oh, he was out. He was out all day long, huh? Blue, blue, blue. All right, let's read this last place. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If then, if then, no, y'all going to read with me? Yep, that's right. We're going to read through verse 4. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. You ready? Ready? Go. If then you were raised with Christ, seek. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. That's my bad. I saw it again. Seek. That means look till you see. Those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand. Verse 2. Set your mind not. Why? For you die. When Christ. Go back to verse 1. Go, go, back, go back to verse 1. Verse 1. Seek what's above. Verse 2. Set on what's above. So you seek, and when you see it, you set it. Y'all military guys know this, particularly the Navy guys. Where's the Navy guy? He's, he's, the Navy guy, uh, they know they, they, they shooting the Air Force guys. They, you know, you, you, they got these, uh, the, the fighter pilots, 
The Marines have them too. Those fight pilots, right? I guess every branch might have them. They, huh? Simulators. I ain't, I'm talking about, I ain't talking about the simulator. I'm talking about the real, real thing. Top Gun. Well, they, they, they focus on, on a target. They see their target, and they're looking for targets. And once they find that target, because they, they seek it, and once they seek it, they set it. That plane is going to track that target. And then they'll finally ready to hit that missile, takes off on target. This is what God is saying to us. Seek what's above, and once you, once you lock into it, set it. Don't waver. Don't be in and out. Don't have step. Don't, 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 no. Just, just lock in on the kingdom. Lock in on what's from above. Because that's where your real life is. Okay, let's do this. I, I got to do two more things. Same verses, one through four, Amplified Classic. Y'all going to read with me? Y'all can see it? You got it. Ready? Just, just use your eyes. Seek in with your eyes on it. Once you, this is how I got to do my eyes when I focus on things. I'm thinking about getting surgery. I mean, I'm going to tie these glasses. All right, ready? Read. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life. Verse 2. Keep going. Last place, same scripture, the Passion Translation. Let's close out here. You ready? Okay, let's read this together. Ready to read. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned as the place of all Yes, feast on all the treasures. Stop. Has done what? I told you to go to the to the supernatural. You gotta unhook, cut it off. So your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie. So if I'm tied to his life, that means I keep reconnected. He's saying, I already cut you off. I've already cut you off. I've already cut you off. Stop reconnecting yourself to this world. Start in verse 3. Ready? Go. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie. And now, 
and as Christ himself. Please, let's read verse 4 again. Ready? We're going to read it slow enough that we can get it every word. Ready? Go. And as for Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now. Man, oh man. I think you ought to stand on your feet and give God a praise like you know that you know that you know God has done something extraordinary on the inside of you and you are not who you were you are not who your family mates have said you were you are who God says you are Christ has done a work on the inside you were born of the spirit born again born from above you all know this scripture very well 2 Corinthians 5 17 if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation old things don't keep reconnecting to this world in this world, is all kind of corruption, all kind of, I mean, disease and horrible conditions that are no longer ours. I think it's First Peter chapter one, Second Peter chapter one. One of those talks about that His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Then it talks about how you and I have. Um, been made partakers of his divine nature through these precious, exceedingly great and precious promises. We've made partakers of his divine nature. Then it says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So once you are a partaker of his divine nature, you've the corruption of this world, you've escaped from it. He severed you from it. Do you see that? Who sees what I'm talking about today? If you don't see it, keep seeking till you see it, baby. Keep, keep looking till you see it. It'll become clear to you. Amen. Somebody shout, I know who I am. Say it again, I know who I am. It's not about this natural identity. Gender and skin color and neighborhood and education it's about who I am in Christ Jesus man I'm from above now don't get snooty don't get arrogant but you ought to at least have your chest out your shoulders square and your head up I'm somebody in Jesus Christ. I'm above. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. My God, my God, my God. God, how can we say thanks 
for what you revealed to us today, for what you've poured out into our hearts, for the revelation that we have in knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. We know that without you, we can do nothing. Without him, we can do nothing. We are nothing. But we know that, Father, in you, we are made brand new creatures. You've raised us up to a heavenly dignity, condition, a state of being. We're not who we were. And, Father, we will never again live by the human limitations that culture tries to handcuff us to. By what the world says we can be or we can have or we can do based on these natural characteristics. God, we can do all things through Christ, the anointed one who strengthens us. And so, Father, we walk in this newness of life that we have. And we ask you, Lord, <laughs> that you give us divine education. Teach us how to walk in this newness of life. Teach us how to walk in this new status that we didn't know we have. Just like, Father, we have to learn when we go from being single to being married. we got to learn how to be married. God, teach us how to be royal, dignified, to walk in dominion and power and not become arrogant, conceited, or prideful. Teach us how to walk in the same way Jesus walked in it. He said, your word said, let this mind be in us, which is also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with you, yet made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself, became humble to the death, even the death of the cross. And now is set at your right hand, given a name above all names. Father, help us, teach us to walk like that. Hallelujah. Submit it to you always, but walking into me and over the devil. Thank you that we'll never, ever, ever, ever let the devil just harass us and molest us like he used to. But we'll walk knowing who we are. That if we resist him, he will flee from us. And we'll walk in that total victory that you've given to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for it. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.